This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are going to be talking about the Kyrie minimally invasive surgery that he is having, which just announced today. We're also going to be talking about the Phoenix Suns building around Devin Booker. They just started their coaching uh, their coaching hiring uh, process, search. Their, their search, thank you. And now we are also going to be talking and wrapping it up with Jake, our patron, talking about the Atlanta Hawks and which prospects best fit them in the NBA draft. And of course, we're going to throw in our wet boys mm-hmm. as well. But before we do that, check out patreon.com slash most of podcast. If you want to be like Jake and be on one of our podcasts, whether it's the Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, go over to patreon.com slash most of podcast and check it out. We have some great stuff over there. Again, the $10 tier, we can be on a podcast. The $5 tier, we can be part of the Q&As, and also the 2 and $1 podcast. You can get a monthly Patreon podcast. The $2 will give you the video. The $1 will give you the audio. We love and je- completely uh, appreciate your support over there. If you can't support us monetarily, we completely understand. You can also check out iTunes and give us a five-star rating over there. It's extremely helpful for our cause. If you want to go over to uh, the Fast Break, give that five stars. The Onside Kick, five stars. Primetime Podcast, five stars. The Rick and Johnny, five stars as well. And also the new podcast, The Outcast, which you mm-hmm. should definitely check. It's the Chicago Sports podcast and we're talking bulls bears sacks cubs probably not the fire um but and this week i just want to say a little spoiler they did a cool segment where it's like their take five where it's like but let's say we did it's like oh you're five guys that could be like the ones to watch in the playoffs it should be a good Ooh. segment moving forward there you go um and then also uh the final thing go to mustbellpodcast.com and check out the shirts because buzz and juice mm-hmm. just rocked the, yep. uh, the juice MVP shirts juice uh over there uh, i think they are the first tag team to wear a the doubled up the, the doubled up because usually we MVP try to shirt. be like hey are you wearing it okay i won't wear it because you're wearing it kind of they called each other yeah yeah they called each other and decided what Twinsies. to wear but anyways let's jump into the podcast we're talking about Kyrie Irving uh coming out from ESPN they say that all-star Kyrie Irving will undergo what the team is referring to as a minimally invasive surgery on Saturday with the hopes of combating soreness in his left knee they've been saying that he's been dealing with this for a while there's no timetable for his return uh but uh, I was listening to a couple people's takes today Doug Gottlieb said something that at least uh filling in for Coward that I kind of you know went you know I, I kind of sided with it's something that when happens mm-hmm. Celtics are going to come out and say oh it went totally fine yeah. no problems it was perfect better than we expected mm-hmm. just to really give the, the the hope to Celtics fans um, again, minimally invasive sounds nice, but any time you're dealing with a knee, it's going to ta- take away explosiveness. It's going to take away cutting ability. How worried should Celtics fans be about this injury, well, Ricky? at first when I saw the article at work, I was like, you know what? This is going to be fine, minimally invasive. He'll be okay for the playoffs. But then I was watching PTI, PTI today, and uh, Wilbon was like, yeah, I had minimally evasive knee surgery a year ago that I'm still trying to rehab over, and I'm not an athlete. So I'm like, okay, maybe there's a little bit to this. And the thing I look at is if this does keep Kyrie out, I wouldn't be like, oh, they're out in the first round, but could be out in the second round. And then if you, depending on how things go, I say out in the second round because they could play Cleveland in that mm-hmm, round. Mm-hmm. But let's say they play Cleveland in the next round because of how These the seeding, let's see how it ends. Mm-hmm. I don't think they get past the Cavs without Kyrie on that court because they couldn't do it last year without Isaiah Thomas. And now they don't have Jay Crowder. They don't have uh, Avery Bradley. 
And you don't have Kyrie, and which is a big one. No, Gordon yeah. Hayward as well, because yeah. he's been officially. Mm-hmm. So they said that Ruled he's not going to come. Season. Yeah, that he's not going to come back as well. So you're going to be down two of your stars. You're not going to have Isaiah Thomas, like you mentioned. The one thing though with the Wilbon thing, Wilbon's what sixty plus years old. Kyrie yeah, Irving's no. you know 27, 25, 25. Yeah, twenty five young kid. Uh, so I mean, he's got you know better mm-hmm. knees. He's got better yeah. muscles. He's got the ability to, <laughs> to, to regenerate quicker than Michael Wilbon. Yeah. But I agree with you that it's definitely going to be worrisome. The question that we're posing to, though, Dave, are they done in the East. So obviously they're going to be making the playoffs. They're locked up and secured that spot. Mm-hmm. But are they done? Will it be you know first round possibly? Like Ricky mentioned, he said he's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be first round. But you look at Miami. This is a deep team mm-hmm. and a very well coached team in Eric Spolstra. Yeah, no, it absolutely could be done in first round. I think that the the problem is with Kyrie. I just am so concerned about. There's is there a need to rush him back this season? Your money really was on bringing in Gordon Hayward. And the core being around, you know, these two main studs on your mm-hmm. team with Al Horford and that young talent. So I don't, I don't know that there's necessarily a rush to come back this year, you know, to force it. I think they're rolling with the talent they've got. I think the expectations definitely are different without Kyrie there. And I think you go round one, and you're probably like toss up. Honestly, I think it, it, it's a strip toss up. We've seen a lot of growth out of uh, JT. We've seen Terry Rozier really step up his game mm-hmm. late in the season. So I think you run with the young roster. Let them get their feet wet in the playoffs. Let them get some comfortable. And next year, you go for it. You've got the guys on the roster to go for it. Well, and real quick, it is Kyrie's birthday today. He's just turned 26. So oh, happy birthday, Kyrie. Weirdly some enough, sad I, news. I, but, I, uh, I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to check it out. But yeah, turned 26. So happy birthday, Kyrie. Some rough news, but he's got the <laughs> Uncle Drew movie. He's, he's still going to be hopefully able to play. I think, I think it's something that... We're, I don't think he's going to be held out for the playoffs. Mm. Knowing knowing them, I, I think they probably would have went with it because it's it's a nagging injury, but I don't think it was anything that, again, we don't know the severity of it, but I don't think it was anything that was going to hold him out from playing. This is just trying to get him better mm-hmm. and at least you know getting over the pain. So I think it's something that he's going to test out. I think maybe he might be out for the rest of the regular season, but I think come playoff time, Kyrie's going to be out there. That's going to be the thing, though, is... We've seen, you know, hey, we'll look at the college kids. Michael Porter Jr. wasn't 100%, did mm-hmm. not look like the same player. We saw, you know, plenty of years. Steph Curry, when he came back with the, with, with ankles and ankle injuries, he wasn't the same Steph out there. Mm-hmm. So we know that it's going to be a, definitely a game changer. Um, but with the Boston team, again, like Dave mentioned, Ricky, this is a team that is not really built around one player. It is more of a team mentality. But how much can that team mentality get you through the Eastern Conference Finals? You know, if I'm on... The thing listening to Dave was when you were saying, like, the, oh, let the young players roll in. If I'm a Boston fan, I'm sitting there going, no, I'm not good. Like, I'm not okay with that because this was, like, this was, if I'm a Boston fan, I'm feeling this was the year. The Cavs aren't as strong as they usually are. The Raptors, yeah, they might be the first seed, but I'm confident my team will go one-on-one with them. Raptors, I'm not saying they will, but Raptor fans, I'm not saying they will, but they could and then this, it's like, great, now we, we're we going to get knocked out second round probably. And the thing that would make the whole playoffs interesting is if Miami and the Wizards flipped and Wizards play the Celtics, then the Wizards, hey, you know what, we don't have to play the Cavs until the next round if we beat the Celtics. And then Miami-Cleveland, that's a series I'd want to see. You know, D-Wade going today, back yeah. to, well, no, I'm saying if that that switch, too. Right, but um, I mean, you could watch the Sixers take the Cavs mm-hmm. spotlight. There's, there's so yeah. much still up in the air with and, such little time left in the season. And the thing that I wonder is if Kyrie will come back, like when he comes back for the playoffs, mm-hmm. if he's going to be that same player. Because the thing with, you mentioned Steph Curry, the one thing that Steph Curry has that Kyrie doesn't have is Steph can rely on KD. Mm-hmm. He can rely on KD to be the number one guy. Kyrie is the guy in 
Boston. He is the number one. He is the one that leads this team. That's the whole reason he wanted to, and I'm using air quotes, wanted to get traded to Boston and get out of Cleveland, out of LeBron's shadow. Yeah, and looking at all of this and taking in with the with this, um, they they were trying to avoid the surgery. Obviously, he missed uh, I think four games the, mm-hmm. the the knee injury. So this has been a problem that's that started I think back in March, uh, flared up back uh, in the loss against Houston on March third. So uh, again, you know, it's something that has been nagging him as well throughout his career because it's the same knee that was banged up in the 2015 finals that caused him to miss that year. Right. So. This is something that not only will affect them this year, but also long-term. We see Gordon Hayward, the bad string of injuries there. Obviously, you would rather have a break there because then you just want the bone to mm-hmm. heal. You can build the muscle back up. With the knee, that's something that's going to continually linger. So having Gordon Hayward being banged up, having Kyrie going to have to you know recover as well. Both of your two stars, Dave, in, in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, having to recover, you know, 26, 28 years old, they're still young guys, but how much, how, how worried should Boston Celtics fans be with this news coming out that Kyrie is getting more surgery and more work done on that same knee that was hurting him earlier in his career. I think they shouldn't be worried at all. I think Goose Egg on, on the worries as far as both of their stars being injured. I think the more concerning thing is the fact that they tried to go the non-evasive route with Kyrie and let him, oh, well, it'll heal through some rest and, you know, just sit some games and just take it easy for a while. I think this is like becoming more of a big thing in the NBA is getting second opinions outside of team doctors because mm-hmm. players need to be more responsible for what's best for me and not what's best for this team. And I think that's kind of what's going to be. It's been brought to light a little bit because of IT and now Kawhi. And I think it's going to be more of a topic going forward in the NBA. And I think that, you know, a guy like Kyrie Irving is a guy who, if he's not feeling comfortable, yeah, he has that killer instinct. He wants to play, but at the same time, I think he would be smart about it. Like, if this is a knee scope, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is, we don't have a lot of details yet about this. Mm-hmm. If it's a scope, he could be out for, you know, a week. He could be out for a couple weeks. And we'll have to see if it's just, you know, let's go inside and take a look and, you know, not touch anything. It could be a different timeline. But I think the answer really comes down to you shouldn't be worried because your two best players are hurt right now. You should be concerned to make sure that they recover 100% before bringing them back because I'm on the other side from Ricky. Ricky says this year's your year. I'm like, as soon as Gordon Hayward went down in game one, you're done for the year. Like write this year off as a year to grow and a year to get better and use these guys as building blocks because next year, JT exceeded all expectations. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown has really grown another step in this year. I think that your team and Terry Rozier has, again, continued to grow. So you have that young core building and you've got your two vets hurt this year. But year recovery, they come back next year stronger and better. Well, and the biggest loss that possibly is on the table for the Celtics is going to be Marcus Smart. But outside of that, yeah. you're not losing one of the you know the, the the starters exactly. You're not losing Kyrie. You're not losing Gordon Hayward. You're not, not losing Horford. You're not losing Brown. You're not losing Tatum. Those guys are going to be on this team for for, yeah. for the next couple of years. So you're not going to be worried about those guys. Smart coming off the bench, he's been a fantastic player for them. But you know you can always look to bring in a different player. Mm-hmm. We talked about Kyrie Thomas uh, from Creighton being a guy that could possibly fill in for him uh, in, in that in that way if they look at, look through the draft. Um, but looking at it and, and looking at it, I'm worried if I'm the Celtics just because, mm. at least for this season, because I, I don't agree that this was the year for the, the Celtics because, Ricky, you're in the boat that LeBron's mm-hmm. going to L.A. So that's going to take away well, the biggest the biggest hurdle for them is LeBron James, or if he even goes to Houston, which is another popular uh, west. popular am, location, it's still out in the West. I am taking that bias, though, from me, and I'm removing it because what if the possibility that he stays or goes to another Eastern Conference team? The thing that I think of, and it was yet again popped into my mind when Dave was like, oh, when 
Gordon, when Gordon Hayward went down, yeah, it was a hit, but I never thought that the Celtics were out of it. I never thought you that, thought oh, they were still was, championship I, Eastern Conference. I contenders. was still riding with them, to, especially with everything that was going on with the Cavs. I know they made those trades and they look better than they did mm-hmm. before the trade deadline. But I was looking at the Celtics like, all right, this could possibly take LeBron to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals Yikes. because Kyrie will will that team just to beat LeBron, just yeah. to beat LeBron on his own. And the thing that I worry about with this season is, and it depends on what LeBron does, does he stay in Cleveland, does he go to a 76er, but will this be the equivalent of what we saw in Major League Baseball of Nationals, really good year, they're going to the playoffs, we're going to shut Steven Strasburg down. I know different situation because they chose to do that, but you took your best player off, this is the same thing, best player being off the court, and then the Nationals got knocked out in the divisional round, the Giants took over. The Dodgers are what they are. The Cubs are what they are. Nationals can't get back to it. So I would not want, if I'm the Celtics, to fall into that same and look back and, man, man, 2017-2018 should have been our year, man. Should have been our year. But that's just, I don't want people to look back. But and, that's bad luck. Like, that's something that, like, again, like, the The, the National Hayward one was a decision. His, this one's yeah, a— well, Gordon, Gordon Hayward snapping his yeah. leg was not a decision. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, you know, banging up his knee again, it's not a decision. It's just mm-hmm. something that, you know, Kyrie's always had a problem with that knee, and, and Gordon Hayward just had a really bad yeah, break. So Kyrie hasn't played a full season luck-wise. in the NBA. He's an explosive, talented player, but at the same time, I think you know what you're getting out of him, and you're going mm-hmm. to get a partial season— and you, all you have to do is really hope for the best come playoff time. If you have to do like some rest schedule, if you have to mm-hmm. break up those games until the NBA decides to split their season fairly, like maybe they just have to be more precautious about his play st- play time because of his play style is so aggressive. People well, are going to see this as disrespect, but I'm still going to ask it. Mm-hmm. Can Kyrie like can Kyrie be the number one guy on a championship team? Yes. Yeah, I think he can. I, I think with, he's shown because with, with what you were saying, yeah, haven't been like hasn't played a full season in a while. When he did Ever. win, when he did win a championship, he was not the number one guy. LeBron was the number one guy. Can he be the number one guy on a championship team? I think so because he not only does he have the like the biggest thing for for me is is the mindset and and it, the the decision to move away from Cleveland the keys shows to the kingdom that, yeah shows mm-hmm. that he has that mindset yeah um, and obviously it's it's different styles LeBron is the, you know the the guy on a team where mm-hmm. you know this is a different team different play style but still late game you're going Kyrie for a shot even go over Gordon over oh, Gordon yeah. Hayward Kyrie's the guy that's taking the, the, the last minute shot for the Boston Celtics he's going to have the ball in his hands um he also obviously is one of the most best you know point guards in the league he's he's a dynamic scorer he's got some of the best handles in the NBA he's gotten the ability to hit from deep in, in big time games he's a great driver i mean he, he's not the best facilitator but again when we're talking about you know, players and taking over and being a number one player. I need a guy who's going to be scoring mm-hmm. in that fourth quarter. I need a guy who's going to be able to take over a game. We weren't talking about Michael Jordan's passing abilities outside yeah. of you know, John <laughs> Kerr and Paxson uh, back when he was, you know, winning championships for the Bulls. He was the scorer. He was the go-to guy. Yeah. You need a go-to guy. Kyrie's that guy. So that's the thing with, with me. I think Kyrie can be uh, a, a, a number one on a team because he is a in a guard-dominant league. Um, and, and or a, you know a ball handler dominant league. He's one of the best ball handlers in the not, league, and he's a great on, scorer. Not on a team, a championship team. No, he. Yeah, I, I think I he can be the guy agree. on a championship team. Yeah, he is magic in the lane. He just the, the control he has, the ability to get to the hoop and to position his body in a really great spot to draw contact to get to the line. Like he does everything you want out of a player. The only problem is is that health thing, and it's kind of 
we see a little bit of Steph. It's a player with similar play style. Steph's obviously mm-hmm. a better passer and a better three-point shooter, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's a similar play style. Steph has the ankle injuries, and Kyrie's got the knee injuries. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a lot to put on the body. And I mean, they're different teams, too, where, yeah. I mean, not only does... Steph have KD. No, to I'm thinking rely early, on. early Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, their first run yeah. of the championship was Steph was the guy. But like Clay this, was the B, and like that's this, what I could see with uh, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. And like this Boston team is young anyway. That's that's yeah. why I didn't like your Washington. I don't, but mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Washington to say. Yeah. Like, I don't know if no, they were no, prepped for the future. I was just saying, future. like the the whole point with that was I don't want this to be the season for Boston where their fans go, man, that should have been the year. But with the Wizards, should have been the year. The Wizards thing, they have three fucking players, mm-hmm. like three players. They have John Wall, Bradley Beal, and oh, Otto I'm Porter. not worried about the first like, round for Boston. It's the second and after. No, but getting I'm saying, through Cleveland and getting through the oh, Raptors. Getting through the finals without Kyrie. My bad. I thought you meant that when you he said Washington. I was thinking NBA. Yeah, no, not I, NBA the podcast. baseball yeah. thing I brought. Up. Uh, no, I was thinking. I thought you meant the Wizards. Like <laughs> yeah. last year was their year because now they're you know mm-hmm. down, say, down that, the standings. That's a question mark team anyway. But, but yeah. that was the thing. I mean, they didn't have any starts. But like looking at and comparing like at least the Warriors to the Celtics. I mean, again, a young team mm-hmm. that you have two guys, one two, and uh, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie uh, Kyrie, Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, who can be like the the A B on a team. Again, Steph never played a full 82 in his in his career. Kyrie's never done it as well. Um, and looking back when Kyrie was dealing with that injury back in 2015, that was his worst statistical year. And that mm-hmm. wasn't like, oh, he was getting used to playing with mm-hmm. LeBron James and K-Love. <laughs> they had him the year prior. So, like, they already had that that experience together. It was the next year. Kyrie was lingered by that injury. He still had a decent year that year. Uh, that year he put up uh, 44.8% from the field, uh, 32% from three. That's not that great, but still scored 19 points. Mm-hmm. Like Obviously, he's going to be a different player, but still, if you're getting 19, you know, around probably a little upkick just because he's going to have uh, the ball in a sense more than the usage is going to be up. But if he's able to put up around you know 22 in the playoffs in the first round and just shoot like you know 44% and around 33% from three, they're going to be able to get past the Miami Heat in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then it's really, is he going to be near 100% or close to 100%, 95%, whatever it is, to take down the Cavs? And that's the biggest thing. It's not really the first round in my mind because even though Spolster is a great coach and he'll be able to you know really focus in and try to make Kyrie uncomfortable as possible mm-hmm. if Kyrie is playing because mm-hmm. again we don't know the timetable but let's just assume that he is there because yeah. he is a, a guy that you know wants to be out there on the floor for his team um it, it's it's going to be something that I think Spolster can probably game plan around but also you have Brad Stevens on the other side so he's going to probably be able to game plan yeah. around that as well so I think as long as Brad Stevens is able to coach around the Kyrie injury I think it's going to be something that they can at least get through the first round then it's really the second and third round when you, you start hitting Cleveland Philly Toronto when you you know move on through the Eastern Conference playoffs, yeah, and like for me, I right now if the playoffs would start today with a healthy like hundred percent healthy Kyrie Irving, I would say all right that second round matchup between um, Celtics and Cavs would be a really good one. I'm not going to say the Cavs would win it outright; it would be a fight to the end. But now with a Kyrie that's either not going to be there or a not a hundred percent. I gotta go in the boat of I'm not I'm back in LeBron I'm back on the back LeBron train Cavs back to the finals. But I mean this is also Celtics team with other guys out on injury, so it's mm-hmm. not just Kyrie. They they're down like three other guys on top of that. So this is a team that is needing in depth. And if you up against a team who really pushes them to the limits and, and can stop your one or your like, that's my concern. Is mm-hmm. when it turns into playoff basketball where you're going game after game against the same team, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to have enough answers in a series Do you think they get back, Kyrie Irving there. Do you think they get past, say Kyrie's there, not 100%, but Kyrie's there for the first round. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's up against Miami because that's the current current matchup mm-hmm. they right. got. Are you sincerely worried about that, or would you still pick the, the Celtics? I'll I would Boston and six. 
I, I would still go Boston, but I would be very concerned because I, I'm not sure matchup wise what the Heat could do to them mm-hmm. with their bigs. Like the Heat's bigs are pretty impressive, and you look at the Celtics and you go, "Oh yeah, Al Horford is kind of abusable down low." So mm. I know he's he's not as bad as everybody makes him out to be, but like you can really do some work. I, that's all I'm thinking. I I still would go. I would still take the Celtics on that series, but. Anywhere further than that, I'm concerned because those guys are playing heavy minutes on a bunch of really young guys. Well, let's let's focus it this way because I mean Cleveland's banged up still. Toronto has unreal depth and they're like mm-hmm. so far health wise they've been okay. Not got right. wood for Toronto fans. Yeah, uh, but you know Cleveland's been banged up as well. Cleveland's been dealing with injuries. They've been a depleted team throughout the past couple of days, and LeBron's been carrying them. Uh, for, for 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 the past couple of wins, even their coaches, you know, not hundred percent right now. Coaches, yeah, and Ty, Ty Lue yeah. isn't even on the bench right now for for the Cavs. Um, so, I mean, everyone's dealing with these injuries, but let's say Kyrie's 100%. They go up against the, the Cavs. Are you for sure picking Boston if Kyrie's 100%? Because in my mind, I still think I have LeBron James. I have Kevin Love coming back, and he's looking decent he so far. Uh, it really looks like he, that hand isn't you know, too <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Um, and, and you look at Larry Dance Jr. being able to bring that that uh, that, that explosiveness. Mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson's a, a great scorer. Rodney Hood, same thing. Uh, and you look at the veteran leadership of George Hill. Like I still think that LeBron would win over 100% Boston Celtics team, and I'd still think I'd take him over the You're the saying 100% as well. just with Kyrie. We're not talking about the Gordon Hayward thing because that happened at the beginning of the yeah, year. Yeah, no, right? like the team, the team that they've been as trotting is. out before If March, Kyrie is when, 100% going up against the Cavs, it would be hard. I would lean a little bit like in the middle, but I would for sure say it'd be a seven game series if he's 100%. Seven game series, and I'd probably still pick the Cavs, but mm-hmm. I could teeter over into that Celtic green territory. I'm just the thing is just like you have LeBron James, you mm-hmm. have the best player in the world. Yeah. If you if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But like it, 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 LeBron James is the best player in the, mm-hmm. in, in the in the game right now, most durable, most explosive. Like you can't you you have to win due to your stars. And, that and would LeBron be the, James is the biggest star. That He's would be the biggest story everything. if LeBron didn't make it to the finals again. Yeah, I mean seven straight years for mm-hmm. LeBron James making the finals. This is the best player of my generation. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't a Jordan kid. I was born in '97, so I wasn't around for the Jordan glory days. I had yeah. a Wizards Jordan jersey. I mean, jersey. Let, let's see LeBron oh. go and uh, battle in the West. See how he fares out getting to the finals. Then, I mean, the weak <laughs> East man. Anyone can make the finals in the weak East. But. The thing is that, again, you have LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still picking LeBron James, whether Kyrie's 100%. And now you're telling me Kyrie's not going to be 100%. Kyrie might not even be on the floor. There's no way in hell Boston has a shot if Kyrie's mm-hmm. not 100% on that floor. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. And, and I, that's why I'm thinking, and this is why this video is titled uh, on, on YouTube, and this is why it's it's listed in the topics on Block mm-hmm. Talk Radio. This is why are the, are the Celtics done in the East? Because I truly think if Kyrie's not there and Kyrie's not 100%, they're, they're screwed. Done. Yeah, no, they're they are absolutely screwed. If he's not a hundred percent, kiss it goodbye. LeBron's going to the finals again. And I'm sorry to the Raptor fans who might be listening, but prove it to me, and then I'll back your team in the playoffs. Oh, great! Now we're gonna have all of Toronto <laughs> pissed say, off at us. All of Canada's gonna yep. be coming at this podcast. Picking Ricky. fights, Ricky. Picking fights. No, I'm. I, I can't disagree. We haven't seen anything to prove the uh, to prove otherwise. Like this is a team who's together for the first time this year. You got to think about how much talent was switched out on this roster. And them going into the playoffs with very little experience now, I just I'm concerned about the first round. And you're LeBron, yeah. I'm like, no, 
Just, just saying the word LeBron is just, no. And look at last no. year. Again, like we mentioned, in the Eastern Conference Finals, Isaiah Thomas wasn't there. That was a murdering. Outside mm-hmm. of the one game that Boston won where Marcus Smart thing. was like, hey, let's go off for 30 points or whatever he did. Kelly Olenek uh, just drain in threes. Yeah, like outside of that one game, LeBron and Cleveland dominated. I yep. know Kyrie was on the other side in that matchup, but if Kyrie is not in that game at all, either on the Cleveland side <laughs> or Boston side, Isaiah Thomas is on not, not on either side either. I'm taking LeBron James. I'm taking the star, and I don't think anyone would disagree. Maybe Boston fans would, but even then, you got to be worried going up against LeBron James without your number one player. Nah, Riley, Kyrie. Riley, we looking at you, man. We I, I think they just Riley. go be like, but dude, think about next year. Mm-hmm. We got you. We got your number. But even we then, come back healthy. We got your number. LeBron might until not LeBron even be goes there. to LA. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but again, this is this is a team where it's not. This is not the year. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Win. They are set up for success. They still have picks coming in. So many freaking picks. I hate this team because of that. Um, but they're they're built for the future, and they they have two guys in their prime who are their leaders. L. Horford is a veteran out there contributing at a very high level. Mm-hmm. I just think that there's no reason to rush it. If Kyrie doesn't feel comfortable, if he's not feeling good, don't rush him back and risk potential further injury to that knee. That is the least. That, that's the that's the worst case scenario. Don't yeah. even bother because, like I said, if you're not going to be able to beat LeBron, I'm not saying just shove it in. Twenty nine other teams, fuck that. But like, I think that there's a case to be made to rest Kyrie Irving and make sure next year you come back with healthy Kyrie, healthy Hayward, and everybody else reloaded. Ricky, what are your final thoughts? Um, are the Celtics done without Kyrie? Yes, plain and simple. Period. Even if he, you're saying not. Without without him for he, sure, he's not going to be a like, hundred. I don't think it, he's going to be a hundred percent. So you're done. All right, David. Final thoughts. Yeah, uh, enjoy the playoffs. Uh, lots of young guys going to get their first glimpse and uh, build up. You know, maybe maybe it's we'll see like another Dis- great Jalen Brown like, playoff. It's run. like going to Disney World. Enjoy your time. Enjoy yeah. your week, and then go home. Yeah, it's an experience. Build it up, and you know, next year we'll see what you can it do. It might be more than a week. I wish my boy Ben Bento yeah. was still on the, still <laughs> on the Boston Celtics or like Demetrius Jackson. Get one of those guys. You know, like. Get get them get them playoff experience. Get, Scary get, Terry, you know, baby. Make Good. their make their make their dreams come true. I say Terry those, those Rozier, J Tay are gonna be awesome. Who's, uh, who's the other guy they took from Iowa State? Uh, Nader, Abdul Nader. Yeah, he, he is yeah. awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifty seventh pick, second round. Shouldn't play. Anyways, <laughs> uh, my final thoughts are: you're screwed if Kyrie's not playing. But I'm in the boat of Dave. It's not all dread. If if he's if he's not 100, percent you're losing in the second round to Cleveland. If if, the, if you're the two seed, Cleveland's a three seed. You're losing in the second round. I think even if you're going up against Philly, you're losing in the second round. It, it, it's gonna it's gonna happen where if you're going up against a team like Toronto, Cleveland, or uh, uh, Philly mm-hmm. in, in the second round, you're losing. It, it's just plain and simple. Like maybe maybe Philly you can overcome just because just Philly turnovers, turns, yeah, yeah. Turn, turns over the ball so much, and Brad Stevens can play into that. But even then, talent wise, without Kyrie, Boston or Philly wins. Philly wins that matchup at least talent wise. So I, I'm just I, if Kyrie's not 100. percent it looks bad for Boston, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's just going to be wait and see until next year when Kyrie's back and Gordon Hayward's back, and you have Jalen Brown in his third year, Jay Tay in his second year, and then hopefully some nice uh, some, some some nice additions through either trades or, or through the draft because you know they're still going to try to add on, and, and we oh, still yeah, know the, not done. the the Anthony Davis talks are still out there, even though he probably shouldn't leave New Orleans because they're going to be going to the playoffs. But anyways, let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. But anyways, let's move now into wet boys. We're talking about the boys that just absolutely popped off in the past week. We are talking about the soggiest of shooters, the dampest of dudes, the moistest of men. We're talking about those wet boys. Uh, this week, uh, we have some big news. Ricky Widmer, mm-hmm. 
you uh, did not go with this player, but now we have a tie for we number do. one. We do. So we're going to go to Dave first. Oh, <laughs> oh we're shaking it up. Breaking gonna, news from that well, side we of the gotta, table. We got to go with the wet boy counter. AD has been alone at number one for the past couple weeks with a four. But Dave, you're giving it to a man who now just got his fourth wet boy honor. I mean, it's pretty simple. When you're the best player in the league, why don't we respect him enough? That That's the problem. It's, it just feels like wrong. It's like, why continue to praise LeBron James for being LeBron James? He's just doing LeBron James things, dropping so, 36, so 11, saying, and 13. So what you're saying, it should be, who's your wet boy, Sean? LeBron James. Who's your wet boy, Ricky? LeBron James. Who's your wet boy, Dave? LeBron James. Well, we were fighting over it. <laughs> I mean, after the game where he put say. up, what, 37, 17, and no turnovers? Well, yeah, I, mean, I wasn't just... fighting, but if either of you two were not going to do it, I was going to do it. Let's yeah. be honest. He was going to get it one way or the other. Um, uh, just amazing. He he's just purely carrying this Cavaliers team. The the uh, resurgence of Kevin Love healthy again has helped no doubt. But at the same time, just like Sean said, seventeen assists, zero mm-hmm. turnovers, phenomenal play. He has looked incredible. And guess what? Three straight wins. Well, and I think the only two guys to do that numbers are literal point guards, John Stockton and Chris Paul. <laughs> like the, some of the two best point guards of all time. LeBron James is, yeah, I'm a six eight point guard, and I'm just going to do exactly what the greatest point guard of all time, John Stockton. Point forward, Sean. He's a point forward. Oh, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like even point all guards five, aren't doing yeah. that. All five like, positions. Yeah, mm-hmm. like other other players. Put like, him at center. Are, are playing yes. point guard. Yeah, I know. Uh, but LeBron James is absolutely stupid. Yeah. We, we know that because the guy's 33 years old in his, what, 15th season. Just absolutely I'm just showing him some love. dominating the league. And and if, if it wasn't for James Harden and it wasn't for the small start, he would be coach of the year and MVP. Absolutely. But, Ricky, who's your wet boy? My wet boy is actually a have... first-time honor. Oh, is, first it a, wet boy. is it an actual NBA player this week? It is an actual oh, NBA cool. player. It is the Actually, it would be the third week in a row that I've given it to someone who is First wet boy honors with Lonzo, Jurius, Lyle, and now Jur- Ju- uh, not Jurius, Julius Randle. Who, Orange Julius. I mean, double t- like this is a guy I could have gave it to last week, mm-hmm. but I wanted to give it to Lyles and UMBC a- for their upset. But I mean, double double this week. 52% from the field, 68 from the free throw line for a big. That's pretty good in my mind. Going to give it to Julius Randle. I know he had his 30-point game either last week or two weeks ago, but I got to give some love to Randle for balling out. I literally think on the PTP, you have said that like Trey Young's 86% from the line wasn't that good. So now that you're saying like 68% from the line, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty big. I mean, Shaq, I mean, career-wise. Purely Shaq because shoot? you're you know, three inches taller means shooting free throws is harder. <laughs> I understand completely. That's Richie. how it works, though. Oh, Jesus. That's how it works. Oh, it should be much yeah. easier. It's just, it it's just extend the longer <laughs> arms uh, you're into just the a, bucket. You're a Lakers fanboy now. What happened? I'm not a Lakers fanboy. He's fan a Lakers fanboy. Really? Because Lonzo was, into Julius Randle? Was, and now he's and LeBron, too? And, yeah, I mean, the LeBron hype What was Shaq's? Shaq's foul line. Shaq shot. It's got to be under 55%. 52.7 yeah, for his career. Yeah, uh, he was literally one of the worst free throw shooters. Yeah. I mean, if he could hit his free throws, he would have been the all-time scoring leader. Julius career leader, I think. His career stats are like 71%. His highest from the line was in the 02-03 season where he shot 62.2 from the hey, line. Yeah, pretty good for Shaq. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, final wet boy is going to be going to, I think this is his second it uh, is. appearance. It's it going to be Kemba Walker. Oh. Uh, since it's the time of March, Kemba Walker needs to ball out. 26 points per game in the past four games, four rebounds, five assists, 43% from the field, 42% from three. And how many points did they beat the Grizzlies by? Thank you. 61 points they beat the Grizzlies <laughs> by last night. He scored 46 points in 28 minutes. So, Absolutely taking down Kemba the didn't have G- to play. Yeah, taking down the G League team. But if he did, if he played 40 minutes like he usually does, Jesus. he would have put up like 80 he would have put up like 90 what? 94 points something like that. Here's, here's I the, shouldn't do math in the here's, <laughs> here's the better question when it comes I to that. 
whose win is more like whose domination win is more impressive? The Hornets over the Grizzlies or UConn in their first round game? UConn because the Grizzlies one is pathetic. But it was a one over a sixteen is kind of like the same as the Grizzlies would be a sixteen seed. Yeah, but you in would, the tournament. But like no, the Grizzlies wouldn't even make a play in game. See, that's the <laughs> thing. Maybe in the NIT. That's the thing. Maybe sixty four teams make that tournament. Yeah. 30 teams are in the NBA. <laughs> so there is a difference. So, yeah. like, that, like the Grizzlies would be, like, what, an 8 seed? Like, they'd be, like, an 8 or 7 seed. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's pathetic what the Grizzlies did. Like, they are trotting out literal garbage. Like, I could play for the Memphis Grizzlies right now. They did what a 16 seed did. I don't know how they're not getting in trouble for not playing. And even the thing is, too, like, if they started that game up 60 to nothing, mm-hmm. on a 60-0 run, they still would have lost. because they're not a major market like they're- Chicago is. Well, we get in trouble because we're a major market. Well, I just think they're they're terrible. You're just saying nobody watches, team. so nobody cares. Yeah, well, no one watches, no one cares. Even if Marcus all played, except for it's Grizzly like fans, made, yeah. not many of them. <laughs> After oh, Fizdale left, all the Grizzly fans were like, "Well, I'm taking my shirt and uh, taking that for data." I don't think that's true. <laughs> Shout out to Kemba Walker because I love him. But anyways, and also I just signed uh, Danny Hurley, to be yeah. the new uh, UConn men's basketball oh. coach. So there you go. Shout out to uh, UConn. Shout out to Kemba Walker. Uh, but that is going to wrap up what boys. Let's move into the next topic. We are going to be talking. About the Phoenix Suns came out today, or I think it was yesterday, uh, that the Suns are now going to begin a search for the head coach. Interim uh, interim coach Jay Triano is a candidate for that that job. And we're going to frame this around their star, Devin Booker. This is a kid that is still very young, looks like an absolute monster of a scorer. They still have a ton of young potential as well. You got Josh Jackson, who they recently drafted, TJ Warren, who they just recently extended, Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, who were two recent draft picks for them, and also, of course, young gun Tyson Chandler. Um, looking at this, though, they're going to need a culture in Phoenix. Yep. I felt like they haven't had a culture. Earl Watson was very young. I don't think he was ready for that uh, that job. They really haven't had a culture since D'Antoni where he had an offense, they had a system, they had really something that there was that, that there was was their calling card. They had Steve Nash and he was just dominating and running around. I feel like they need to build the same kind of culture around Devin Booker. But now it's really how are you going to get the players around that and how are you going to get the coaches around that? So let's start first with the question of what is more important mm-hmm. for the Phoenix Suns? Is it the coach or is it the players around Devin Booker? It's the coach because the, it's starting to me that setting a culture starts with the coach because, yeah, the players do their own thing. Yeah, they're a family, but the coach is there to guide them. And the, the, To me, there is one guy that needs to get this job, and there's one guy that the Suns need to target. And that's David Fisdale. He's the guy that I think can come in, set that culture, work with this young team to make Devin Booker successful in that culture. And then you find the players to match what Fisdale wants to do and the culture that he would set in Phoenix. David, coach or players? It's players. I I think that this team has gone through a laundry list of underperforming players. Um, and honestly, it's time for them to actually hit on the draft. I know they've gotten screwed by the lot of, by the ping pong balls multiple times. This is a team that definitely needs to hit here in this year's draft because you have Dev Booker, who is looking like a young Kobe out there sometimes. It's just you need to get players around him to support him, to build him up. I think a coach in this scenario, I feel like, yes, you could have a young coach, or you could have a coach come in and help guide them. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it's necessary to nail down right now. I think with this young team, you just need someone to keep them all together in a cohesive unit. 
So I, I, I'm valuing the coach less than nailing your I just, pick in the draft like, and your free agency moves. I hear that, though, and I just – thinking of what the Suns are, since they had D'Antoni from 03 to 08, you had Terry Porter, who was there for two years. You had Gentry, who since D'Antoni was the longest guy there. He was 09 to 2013. Mm-hmm. Lindsey Hunter was just the interim in 2013. Then you had Hornacek for three years, Earl Watson for two years, and it goes to me where – I. You got to get, like, when is Phoenix going to get that coach to where it's like, this is our guy? I feel like they get a guy, and it's like, after two, three years, all right, see you later. We shouldn't have hired you in the first place. I think one thing, though, is is we look at the NBA right now, and we always talk about a star-driven league. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Devin Booker is going to be a superstar. I think he's he could be a, to me. a number. Well, he's still young. Yeah, I'm I know. He's still he's, very But he's not kid. like, I'm not, when I say like superstar, like Kyrie, LeBron, he could be the number one on this team and be the one that helps them get to a championship, but he's a star, not a superstar. I don't, he's not, he's not a superstar yet. I'm, yeah. But at some point, I don't know if he he can mm-hmm. be that star. He's not a star yet. He's still gonna have to hit that that stride. Right. But he still has the ability to do that. The outside shot is there. The scoring yeah. ability is there for Devin Booker. And if he's able to get a point guard that can really help him and facilitate him, I think that he could possibly be a star. But also, this is a team that's gonna be drafting number one or mm-hmm. number two, or they're gonna have a top three pick. Because right like now, to think so. Yeah. Right now, depending on those balls bounce. Yeah. <laughs> Nineteen and fifty-four record. They've lost ten straight games. Uh, they currently have the best odds to win the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a question of is the player they pick number one overall going to be their star, or is it gonna be Devin Booker? And I think that the players are gonna be. I think the players are gonna be more important. But what's gonna be more important is the GM. And looking at Ryan McDonough, he comes from a very impressive line 37 years old was mm-hmm. under Danny Ainge he's a young kid I think that you know he, he had a great year back in 2013-2014 where he was almost named uh, uh, executive of the year obviously you know it's been taking a little bit more of a turn since he's been named the uh, mm-hmm. the executive of the year but still looking at it you know there's been some trouble with finding the right coach and I think you make a great point you got to build that culture around but I think mm-hmm. if you find the right players you can find the coach that's going to be able to at least work it. And it's just really, you know, can the coach just rein the players in? Because the players are going to do most of the work on the floor out there. They're going to, if you have a good enough point guard, he can be the floor general out there that really runs this offense. I mean, you don't really need that impressive of schemes today mm-hmm. in, in, in the NBA. Like you, defensively you and need to be able to run, pick, and roll in mm-hmm. the NBA today to run an offense. That's about it. That's, that's the base minimum requirement. And what you're saying, kind of, I think back, and I'm going to extreme cases here, mm-hmm. so feel free to yell at me about it, but like, Look at what Mark Jackson did for the Golden State Warriors. He was there to guide them. He wasn't there to be the head coach for them for the next decade. He was a good, competent head coach. Mm-hmm. Nothing against him. He got a team to above mediocre, and that's awesome. He he got young players. He developed some of them, and then turns around, and you hand over the keys to someone who is a game changer. No one knew you know what to expect out of the gates, and we see the emergence of what Draymond Green could do, really, that year. You see this team turn it to a different level. And that's why I think you don't necessarily need to hit out of the ballpark and try to find your guy who's going to be pop, who's going to be a guy like Spolster. You're, the odds on landing one of those coaches is so slim that I think you can you know live with you know a Jay Triano. You can live with a guy like Vogel. You can live with guys, even like a Stackhouse. Like if you go out and get Stackhouse, mm-hmm. it's a guy who doesn't take shit. He's not a guy who lets the mm-hmm. locker room get out of sorts. I think you can go with one of those guys if you can convince them to come because there's going to be a lot of openings for head coaches here, I feel. Yeah. So... I just feel like you what was it last year or two years ago? We're like, oh, there was no, none. There was none coming weird. into this season. 
And then it took, you know, what, eight games or whatever? Mm-hmm. Suns fired? You shouldn't hire Frank Vogel. I'm not saying they should. That'd I'm saying horrible. you go out and you can get somebody. You don't... I think looking for the holy grail of head coaches is a waste of time. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to be able to land it because it's not a sexy job mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Get a guy who can keep people grounded and who can keep the locker room in sorts. And you know who that is? Who's that? Fizdale. Like, Fizdale, Fizdale's but, not the guy that's going to... like. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing to Fizdale... It's okay if he's not the guy to be your uh, Steve Kerr, but he could be your Mark Jackson in Phoenix. But does he, he ruffle feathers them too grounded. much? Like that's the I thing. Say, is like we we look at the, the the Grizzlies. There's a reason he got fired. I mean, like like well, he got fired because the Grizzlies mismanaged that poorly. Well, that's the question. We don't know all the details. Yeah. And him picking a fight with his best player mm-hmm. uh, publicly well, and, is a problem. And that's and that's the thing. The thing that's different about the Grizzlies to the um, Suns is. He picked a fight with a veteran player, and veterans are usually like, excuse me, who are you talking to? I've put in my dues. You don't talk to me like that. Whereas younger players have more of this, like, I, I kind of feel like younger players, you can kind of be more like that with. Look, Especially look at, like, college kids. I know they're not mm-hmm. pros, but look at college kids, how you can treat them differently. Because it's like, you know what? I haven't earned the respect any. Like, I haven't been here long enough to earn the respect so it's like I can't sit there and go, whoa, who are you talking to? Because I've been here for so long and look at what I've done kind of a thing. That's Not the whole situation with that. <laughs> I feel like Fizdale's the guy for the Suns because he can be that Mark Jackson, work with this young team. And if he is the guy to then transition into them being a playoff team, if he's not and he ends up being Mark Jackson where they fire him and then get their pop, their Steve Kerr kind of a coach, then go with that. But I feel like the Suns' biggest problem is they get a coach, draft, draft, draft. Okay, now a new guy. And then the but new guy comes coaches, in. It's how many like, teams do the same dance? Like there's literally like mm-hmm. six amazing head coaches in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, I think everybody's fairly replaceable. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, no disrespect to them, but like – there are the top tier, the cream of the crop coaches, and then there's guys who get by. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times the, have, have the Bulls switched their head coach since 2007? Four times? Vinny, Vinny, Scott, and then uh, Tom, and then Fred. Yeah. Right? And who mm-hmm. knows about Fred in the next two years. Exactly. Well, I mean, he's been all right. But I don't know. No, that's what I'm saying. But that's but, the thing. Are you in love with him? Do you think he's the next well, pop? And that's the thing. Like, next... Thibodeau was a top 10 coach. They got rid of him. Exactly. Like, the thing that since I Since 07? Yeah. So it was... Um, 10 years. 07 was um, Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan was two years. Vinny Del Negro was two years. Thibodeau was five years. And then Hoiberg's been four years. The hell was Scott Skiles the coach? Then? Scott Skiles three was to seven. 07. Like 03 to 07. Okay. Boylan so, was only there for one. Yeah. Was he just the intro? Yeah. No, the intro no, the was, was Pete Myers. Yeah. I don't remember Jim Boylan. Pete Myers uh, was an interim twice for the Bulls in 03 and in 07. Anyways. Cool. Uh that's my but point. the thing, the thing though, with that is like you look at all these young players though, and even though they're young, like they've had three head coaches. Some mm-hmm. of them, like uh, uh, T.J. Warren has, uh, Devin Booker has. They've dealt with Hornacek, Earl Watson, and now Jay Triano. So I mean, like this is something that I understand. And I think that's bad on the Suns' management. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like you, you can't bring a guy in Fisdale in because if he treats these players wrong, it's just like, well, you're just another guy that's going to be leaving. Like you, you need a guy that I think you need to really be able to cement into a spot. And a guy that might be a little controversial for that spot, and we'll get to players in a bit because they still have the draft mm-hmm. picks. And if we're siding on the player side, it's obviously going to be important who they're going to be put around him. But mm-hmm. a guy that I want to throw out there that might be a little bit difficult just because of his age and just because of his time away from the NBA, Rick Pitino. 
This is a guy that, again, has dealt with dealing with young kids. This is a guy that has been around the game. He's a guy that's been around, you know, Donovan Mitchell. He's been around uh, so many NBA, mm-hmm. you know, stars and NBA players. This guy knows basketball. I wouldn't. I but, what's going on? I don't know if I would touch him for the what's going on in uh, what's. I don't want to say politics, but yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically, the all culture? the not the culture, but everything that Society? went on with him leaving, like getting the drama. fired from Louisville, yeah. the drama. The con- yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'd want to touch that. Although it is the NBA again, like the whole thing though is he's saying that it never was, mm-hmm. you know, his, his 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 he never knew about it. Mm-hmm. And like again, I, again, it's controversial. I, yeah. I, I understand, but again, if we're talking guy, a guy that knows basketball. Mm-hmm. Rick Pitino is probably the best well, coach on the market for that, even though he hasn't been in the NBA since Boston. I'll throw you out this one. This is a long shot, and you only popped it in my head because you said Pitino. Yet again, I was watching PTI earlier today, and they were talking about if Wildcat fans calling for Calipari's head. I don't see him getting fired. I'm no not way. saying that. Mm-hmm. But let's say he does. If you're the Suns, do you heavily try to get Calipari to come in and be the coach of the Suns to work with that young crowd? Do you maybe try to do the Brad Stevens route and take a guy who is in college and try to make him come over to the NBA because you have a younger roster? There's no way in how Calipari gets fired. No, I so, know. I know. I'm no. just no, but you could go for there. like maybe Jay Wright. Yeah. I mean, but if I don't he wins the national title Jay this wants year. to leave. That's the thing. Like, is, mm-hmm. No, but if you can convince them to leave, you, you yeah. give them the money, you give them a guaranteed contract. But is it worth Tony it? Bennett? Again, that's the, that's the thing. Tony Bennett from Virginia. Okay, but holy, the thing the thing though is with these guys, mm-hmm. like you can make it financially available for them. But mm-hmm. like yeah. again, they have significant jobs right now. Tony Bennett, even though he was the first coach to lose to a 16 seed, he's still going to be a guy at Virginia. Virginia hasn't been a you know, a college basketball powerhouse since Ralph Sampson. Yeah, back but in I the mean, 80s. we we but even like, talked about him with the Bucks. Yeah, thing. we did. But I, I, I that was I more at, of his Buck tie. But, like, though. but the thing with the Bucks is they were a playoff team. They mm-hmm. had Giannis. They they are a team that's already going to be good. Mm-hmm. And so all you need to do looking, is make so them now better. You have to compete against the Bucks and potentially against yeah. the Grizzlies for a head coaching spot. You need to make them better. I mean, that's the thing with those college coaches. Yeah. Is you are going with Rick Pitino, a guy that needs work, a guy that has been out of the game, that mm-hmm. might not be let back into college basketball. That's the reason why I bring up Pitino. I don't think they're going to go with a college guy. I think they're either going to go with a guy that's already been in the NBA mm-hmm. or a guy that's desperate like Patino. Because Patino, if he does have to leave, you're already used to getting rid of head coaches. So that's the same thing with that is I, I just think of Patino as the only outside guy of the NBA mm-hmm. just because he, he he's a guy that really has nothing to lose and is trying to fight for his, 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 his at least namesake. He's trying to fight for his at least, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Character. So that's why I throw out Patino. I don't think Jay Wright's going to go. I don't think Tony Bennett's going to go. Cal Pari is not going to get fired. Sean Miller probably won't go, even though he's got the connection to Arizona, especially if they draft Aiton as well. Like, I look at it, I think it's, I think Fizdale is definitely going to be a guy. I think he might be too, too abrasive, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Patino's going to be a, a wild card. I don't think it's a for sure thing. Yeah. Wild card. If you want to throw a, a college coach, maybe Shaka Smart, um, just we because he like is young. We all like Shaka, yeah. I don't. Really, I don't, really? Think, he, I don't yeah. think he's going to. I don't think the he's. Pros. Yeah, I, I think he's got a, a home for a, at least another two years. He's got a safe job. Yeah. Um, and then you you look around the NBA. I mean, consistently you, you're picking from the Spurs tree, and and I know Spurs are heavily protecting their boy. Yeah. Um, and, and you look at the Heat. I mean, obviously the Spolster tree is a, a, a nice tree to pick from. But like even with the Pacers right now, I don't think Nate McMillan is their guy for the rest of the year. But he's done a great job mm-hmm. with the Pacers. And and if you find a guy that has. Head coaching experience, uh, a guy that's been in an NBA locker room, just to at least fill the position and get the guys to the right spot. 
I think that would be probably the smartest move. And I think Fizdale might be too big of a splash because Fizdale is already making a name for himself. I mean, Fizdale is a recognizable coach mm-hmm. on ESPN. He's got the take that for data, data line. <laughs> so, like, I think if you're going with a coach, you have to go with something that's either bland and boring, like just getting a new uh, assistant head coach, or you have to get a guy that's going to f- pretty much be fighting for his life in Rick Pitino. Uh, his, his basketball career. So that's why I throw out those names. Um, and, and, and just because we mentioned the players, let's talk a little bit about that. I think Ryan McDonough is more important to this Phoenix Suns team mm-hmm. and their direction. They have three picks in this NBA draft. If they are the number one pick, they have their spot. Is it DeAndre Ayton? I think it I To think build it around to Devin Booker. I think it needs to be. And the, here's the thing. like I think that you could easily pair Luka with Dev Book, and I think that would work. I just think that for the Suns team locking down, um, having your future big and possibly most dominant center, you know, we've seen in the last couple of years, obviously since Embiid, like it, it could be something special. You could have a guy in the same line of like Cat Embiid, he could be the next big center we see. And giving someone inside who can dominate the boards and who can stretch the floor out as well to pair with Booker would be amazing. I know he does a lot of the heavy lifting as far as. Uh, primary ball handling because they just you know picked up Alfred Payton for the rest of this year. We'll see, but I think that he is comfortable with that role, and I think that by giving you a low post option and a guy who can go with a five and play, I think that would be a safe bet for them. I, I think it. He, he feels like they can't miss. Like I know we talk about Luca because he does everything well, mm-hmm. nothing amazing being can't miss, but like the the body of work for. Um, it, it's just incredible. Well, and with DeAndre Ayton, he also has, he also has the connection. I mean, he's, he's got the uh, Arizona Polish, connection as yeah. well. Um, and and it, it's something, though, with him, and we brought this up when we were talking about him before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's from the Phoenix area, went to high school there, um, obviously went to college there. But one thing with that is he wants to be a forward. He wants to be a four. Mm-hmm. So right now, you're going to have to change your team up. You Obviously, you're not, you're not sold on Chris. You're not sold on Bender because those guys haven't been great. And you'd rather go with a guy that's going to be a first shirt in Aiton. But again, I'm a little bit worried about maybe possibly the, the, the character issues. Not character issues, but at least the ego that might be there with DeAndre Aiton. The, the, the need to be a four in the NBA, if he could even play the four position. Well, he's playing it right NBA. now in college, so, but, but that's more of the system. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in the NBA. I mean, you can't ride Tyson Chandler to death. No. I mean, you need you need yeah, you need to pair Dev Book with somebody. I think honestly, like my ideal pick would be a, a point guard, but we don't have any point guards rated that high in this year's draft. Or do we? I'm saying if they are number if, one overall. No, no, you take? They, no, no, no. If they're one, he said or, one. If they're one or two, it's DeAndre Ayton. But I'm going more of the. Let's say they don't get Luca. Well, they don't get DeAndre. They get their traditional lottery ball roll down. If I'm at three and I'm the Suns, I think about Trey Young. I think about it because you said you need that point guard. Dev Book can be your main scorer. You can use Trey Young to be the assist guy. Andy's got a shot in his own. Yeah. If I'm three, four, five, and Trey's there, if I'm the Suns, I think about pulling the trigger on him. How about this? This is what I think should happen if, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm the Phoenix Suns. You got Devin Booker, who's going to be a dynamic scorer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have the ability, if they get the number one overall pick, to take DeAndre Ayton, who yeah. can be a down low force. You yeah. already have the wings, TJ Warren, Josh Jackson. Yeah. You need a point guard. You have the 15th and 16th pick. A guy that I am higher on in being an NBA point guard is 
Colin Sexton. So oh, okay. trade up and get Colin Sexton. <laughs> no, uh, I was saying going with what we said in the mock draft is take no, those two get, picks, trade for Kemba Walker. Take the two picks, trade up and get Colin Sexton. He's okay. going to give you a point guard. And you go get him, and he he doesn't need to be a scorer. Mm-hmm. He's got the passing ability. But one thing, too, is he does his dirty work inside. Mm-hmm. He's going to you know be dribbling and penetrating, and I think that's going to work well with Devin Booker. And that's going to be something that I think you could probably exploit. He's going to be more of a natural ball handler. I know Trey Young is a better facility. Facilitator, but then mm-hmm. again, Count Sexton has the body and the size, well, and that's something that I like personally, and I think that might help him be a better facilitator in the NBA because Trey Young's doing this in college against right. you know, worse, worse, worse competition. And another situation that plays into it is right now on Tankathon, they've got Count Sexton actually falling to 15, so they wouldn't have to trade up. But what if? But let's Count, be pretty let's, crazy. Let's go yeah. on with, yeah, with yeah, our yeah. thoughts. But what if Tankathon what is just a, But what I'm saying a is, what I'm saying is into that is. If Colin Sexton is gone at 15, what if you get like a Shea Gilgis? I would just, I would keep my two picks and get either Gilgis or Colin at 15, then trade up and be like, I'm going to get this guy. Do you think Colin Sexton is going to be at 15? No, I okay. don't. So let's Thanks. not but even talk I, about that. But I feel like <laughs> Shea could, and I, I I, would like Shea if I'm at 15. That's fair. And yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Then that way I get 16 too, and I get two guys instead of. Trading up for Colin Sexton and then putting all my eggs, well, not all of them, but most of my eggs in the Colin Sexton basket because I'm trading two top 20 mm-hmm. picks to try to get one player. But with that is, is we look at the, the teams in front of them. Mm-hmm. We talked about Charlotte being a, a landing spot for Colin Sexton because of the whole Kemba yep. Walker thing. But then again, looking at all the teams in front of them, possibly New York will be looking for a point guard. If Trey mm-hmm. Young's off the board, then they can totally go Colin Sexton. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers have two picks. They can go with Colin Sexton. So, and, and even if Colin Sexton's off the board with them, the Clippers can go Shea Gilgis. So you might need to move up to still get even Shea. So that's one thing with me is if you, you need a point guard. At some point yep. in your three picks, you need a point guard. I would so say go, go eight and with one and then use that 15-16 and trade up and get a guy that you for sure know in either Shea Gilgis, if you like Shea Gilgis better than Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. and get a point guard that you for sure know is going to – you need if, if you have a guy that you love at a position you need – Go and get him is what I'm saying. So don't worry about getting those two players because, hey, you might take a guy in Mitchell Robinson and he just might not pan out. Like, that, that's the thing. It's like you need to go with well, the for sure players that you love. And if Colin Sexton and Shade Gilders are there but you're afraid of him being taken, take those picks, move up and get Unless them. you can also sit and go, well, okay, in free agency, what if we try to – because they do have Al- Alfred Payton. What if we try yeah. to bring him back? What if we go after an Isaiah Thomas? What if we go oh. after a Rajon Rondo and say, you know what? We don't need – like, if we don't get Shea, we don't have to get Colin. It's not the end of the world because we can get a point guard in free agency, even if it's a Rondo and it's like, hey, you know what? He might be there for like a Rondo year. Rondo ain't signing with no signs. No, I know, but I'm just throwing Rondo's names out team. there. Like, I-, I think that you could go free agency, and there are a couple names to be interesting, but – I think they. I, I'm with Sean at least. If you're at one, you definitely go for the big. You go with Aiden. Mm-hmm. But like Colin Sexton would be an awesome pairing for uh, them and Dev Book because you have a guy who is a two way guard. You have a guy who can guard the other team's better guard. Give Dev Booker the chance to um, play to not be exposed as much on defense. Like mm-hmm. we all know, he he is a heavy offensive usage defensively. If you can hide him with a better point guard defensively, do it. Take that chance and absolutely run with it. I don't know if I would necessarily trade up, though, because having two more picks, like, 
this is a team with very bad chance at the lot. Especially like, back-to-back, so you're getting well, guys that are almost the exact same. Same value, hopefully. But mm-hmm. that's the thing is they've missed on a lot of a lot of their picks recently. <laughs> so that comes to the question of, well, how's their scouting mm-hmm. potential? Maybe not great. So maybe you do need the volume well, of picks. But, and hold and on. that's I the mean, thing, like, really quick, that goes into it. When you don't have a head coach that's there for— It's the GM is doing I know, but scouting. Like, when you but, don't have a head coach that's there to do it, it's like the GM can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to consult with a guy who's actually coaching the team. I mean, Ryan McDonough, he, uh, you, you don't like the Marquise Chris pick. That's that's what you're saying. The Chris I pick and the Bender Chris pick. pick, Bender pick, Alex Len, like— you can go through a lot of these picks and question, like, I mean, yes, they, they did hit on Dev Book. They did hit on TJ Warren. They mm-hmm. did hit, like, they've gotten... Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Yeah, that was the third one. Um, they've gotten a couple of great guys, but at the same time, they've also missed equally. Like, it's the lotto. It's a roll of the dice. I get it, but if you... And, Ricky, to your point, like, GMs always consult with head coaches. Come on. Think about Chicago. I know we reference Chicago too mm-hmm. much, but, like, think about Hoiberg and, like, what his picks had been walking in. Think about Thibodeau being forced into picks that he didn't want. Mm-hmm. He didn't want these kids on his team. That wasn't mm-hmm. his plan. He don't want to play them. That like that's. I just, mean, I think you're using a bad example because how much do we complain about car packs all the damn time? But exactly. think about the Suns GM. I know. Are people positive about well, that? I'm not well, saying that. I'm not saying that McDonough is a great GM though. But he, he, again, he's still young. And like, let's 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 look at the picks that he's made. Yep. 2013 was his first technically mm-hmm. draft. But even then, he was hired in March of 2013. Then had to come back, turn around in June, and start picking. He right. takes Alex Alex Len uh, with fifth pick in 2013 in that draft. Looking I mean, at that whole thing, that draft wasn't great. Who was he going to go with? Nerlens? Nerlens hasn't really he, panned out. Like Steven Adams is the best next big man in that slot. And even after that, CJ McCollum's the next best pick. He would have been BPA. What? Who? Either CJ or Giannis would have been BPA, but no well, one was no going to take Giannis. No one was high. Yeah. Giannis. Like Alex Lynn was slotted to go there, mm-hmm. so that wasn't like a crazy reach. Then he goes out and gets Bogdan. Bogdan's been great. He just didn't want to play for Phoenix. So like, and like he took Tyler Ennis too. He took Alex <laughs> Brown, but like that was a very weak draft. He still found Bogdan. Then the next one, he goes out and gets Devin Booker. That's a great pick right there. Yeah. Then 2016, he goes and gets Dragon Bender, which was again iffy. Right. And then he we'll goes see. and trades up to get Marcus Marquise Chris. Um, and he could have had the chance at scale, but even then, like he he just tried to get a guy who he thought potential wise and Chris would have you know surpassed scale and Giorgio's mm-hmm. Papagiannis. Papagiannis is even on the fucking team that drafted him. So like there, it's not a huge miss. You took a gamble, it didn't pay off, but it's also not burning you too badly because scale might not be that great. No, but there are other Chris guys still in between who who could yeah. have gone. That's all I'm saying. But, but just... even then, finally, Josh Jackson fourth overall, nice pick. Yeah, but you look. That's the thing. You look further in that draft and you go, why didn't they go point guard? There's a couple good point guards after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, they, they had Fox literally Fox. went the next. Like, Des Smith Jr., literally a couple picks after that. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it makes you wonder about that. Now, I, I, but, I know. But then they had Drogic. They had uh, Bledsoe. They had uh, Brandon Knight. Like, they had. They still had Brandon Knight, actually. Yeah, they had, like. <laughs> He's still, he's, like, he's still in his prime. So, they, they Someone brought so it up in the many, comments section. So I was like, many, oh, I forgot like, about that. That's point guard hell. That Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, like it's point guard hell out there. So like again, he hasn't been great. They went from but five he's to none. Still young, and I, I think that McDonough can 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 make the smart moves. I'm just saying, I'm not saying trade up, but I'm saying if you have a guy that you need, you have a point guard that you like in Kyle Sexton, quit waiting. Take Here's mm. one thing I want to throw on. This was yeah. from uh, Lex, Lexville123 on sweet. our, um, what, 11 through 20. Yeah, he said, little. two picks, Brandon Knight for D'Angelo Russell. I so, don't know that Brooklyn lets him go. No. Wait, so it's two picks and Brandon Knight for D'Lo. So the... No. I don't think that's going to work. 
It'd be 15, 16, because they're yeah, not going to that 16, one. Unless yeah. they go future unless first. Unless they go, like, one this year, one yeah, next future year. Yeah, future first. So. Yeah. I, I don't, but do you know what I want a facilitator. Like, I don't want D'Lo. Yeah, D'Lo's a say. combo guard who's going to be scoring. Like, I, I need a facilitator. D'Lo doesn't fit that that need. He's, he's a just smaller fucking Devin Booker, kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I don't like that. I, I would, I would, I, I like the move that you brought up with Kemba Walker. It's just, would yeah. they do that? And then would they be able to have that, the take on the salary cap that right. Charlotte desires teams to take on? Oh, they, 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 they take, to take they this contract. Mm-hmm. Take this contract for us. But, like, do you want to take on Nick Batum for nine years? I mean, I'm the Suns. Two billion dollars. I'm the Suns. If I'm getting Kemba, sure, bring him on. But then you have to resign but Kemba that's again. That's the thing is. Yeah. Do you think, do you think you can convince Kemba? Work. I'll make it work. You I'll make to, it work to try to flip the contract I don't want to. You have to resign sign Kemba, no. then you have to re-up Devin Booker at if some want, point, then you have you to want, re-up Josh Jackson. If you want to be a great GM, you got to figure out how to make it work if you're going to do that. Yeah. I, we're not GMs, which this is, would, no. YouTube comments tell yeah. us all the time, but I think I think we could probably turn around the Suns. But hey, they're, they're a spot ahead of the Hawks, at least. They have that guy. Mm-hmm. They have that special guy, and they've got a couple other great pieces around him. Just well, too bad they're in the wrong conference. No, it's not even the wrong conference. It's just the the one position you need to have in the NBA is a point guard. Literally, there are so many good point guards it's like in the, the NBA, quarterback in an and NFL they team. literally have none of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's and that's the thing too. And you mentioned it; like they're in a better spot than all these other teams. Grizzly doesn't ha- Grizzly doesn't have that future star. They well, have old aging stars. Yeah, uh, yeah, Atlanta doesn't have a guy that they're tied to. Orlando. Okay. You need to say Orlando like, exactly. has twelve starters. Like it, you know, looking at all these teams, Brooklyn doesn't even have their pick. Like, like all these teams are screwed. Phoenix is in the best place to build. It's just you got to hit on these picks, and that's why I'm saying if you need a point guard, trade up, use that 15-16, use the second rounder, and go and get a Colin Sexton. Go and get a Shea Gilgis. If you love them, go and get them. Yeah. That's that's why I, that's my mentality. It's like the same thing with the, the NFL draft. You have a quarterback you love. Go up and get them. Don't hesitate because you need that position. Could so. you could you see them if they if they get stuck at three four? Going Trey Young, yeah, yeah, I think it, so too. All right, As, if Luca's not on the board, yeah, I could see them going Trey Young and possibly even Colin Sexton if I they mean, like. Colin I mean, Sexton why more. not? Because Trey Young could be that facilitator that you want. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal passer. So I don't know. I, I, it's, it's 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 something that Phoenix just needs to push ahead. And I think if they get the players, the point mm-hmm. guard. It doesn't matter who the coach is, but the one thing that I think you need to do is just make sure that coach is going to be there for more than three years, more than four years. Just make sure mm. you have a guy that's going to be at least a, a familiar face that these young kids can look and, and grow with. And yeah. It doesn't have to be the future guy, but at least a guy that they can at least be and, and consistently rely on to be there. But let's move in now to the final topic, and we are going to welcome in our patron, Jake, onto the Fast Break Podcast. And we're going to be talking about the Atlanta Hawks and their first-round draft selections. They have three picks currently in the first round of the NBA draft. They are slotted at fourth with their own pick. They also have Minnesota's pick, which is currently slotted at 19. And they also have the Houston Rockets pick at 30. Jake, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm dealing with these two these two. Bozos, as you know, as we've been having a, a pretty good oh, conversation about if the uh, the Bulls could take on the 76ers in uh, the, the playoffs this year. Ricky calling for a sweep. Uh, but anyways, uh, we're talking about the, the, the Hawks this year. Um, looking at this this great take race between Phoenix, Memphis, Orlando, Atlanta. You can even throw Dallas in there. Uh, Brooklyn as well. Who do you think is going to come out on top of this? Do you think Atlanta has a shot at getting the number one overall pick? Anybody has a shot at getting the number one overall pick. I mean, the Kings can end up with the number one overall pick, but I think uh, in the end the Suns will probably have the worst record. Memphis followed by them. I think it'll basically say how it is. I think Atlanta will fall in that three or four range. 
All right, so boys, if they're staying in that three or four range, we got to talk about the draft prospects that are going to be fitting for them. Looking at our mock draft last week with that 3.0, most of us had Luka Doncic going in the top two. We also had DeAndre Ayton in the top two as well. So that's putting mostly like most likely those two prospects out of those ranges. And we've also heard from the Atlanta Hawks camp, or at least some rumors out of the Atlanta Hawks camp, that they're not really sold on any of the guys they currently have in there that they're going to be sticking around. So looking at this, Jake, what do you think should be the strategy of the Atlanta Hawks in this draft at the three or four slot, which you said that they're going to be in? Well, I love building around defense, and I think who, in my opinion, is the second-best player in the draft behind Dayton is Bamba out of Texas. I love what he brings as a two-way player. He's a great rim protector. He has the postgame. Oh, he needs to work on it, obviously, but he has at least some of the postgame, and his jump shot isn't terrible as well. And I think coming into the NBA, he'll transition pretty well. And I think building around defense, again, is a great way to build your team. And the Hawks have no building pieces right now, so I think he would be a pretty good place to start. Ricky, looking at the, the Hawks right now, we love Mo Bamba here on the podcast. I do, and I I was thinking as um, Jake was talking, I would love, like, if the Hawks were at, like, seven, it'd be, like, great. That's a sweet spot. You can go, like, Mo Bamba at three, two, three, four. That might be a reach for me because, for me, it comes down to, Yes, in our mock draft, I was the one that had Luca a little bit sliding, but most odds were assuming he's going to go one or two. Aiton's going to go one or two. So if they're at three and four, I think it comes down to you could take Bamba, but it's really what position are you going to go with? Because like you said, if they're up where nobody is safe, what do you do at three? Do Then you go with a Trey Young and say, you know what, we're going to revamp this team, go to point guard because Dennis Schroeder's not our future. Are we going to go with a Bagley? Are we going to go with a Bamba? I think the safer pick right now would be Marvin Bagley. Let him be your four in the NBA, or if you really like Bamba, go with that. Go with a big, because I know you're not sold on everyone, but Dennis Schroeder is no joke, and he you don't need to go and reach for a point guard and then try to find someone to get Schroeder from you. Dave, looking at the defensive thing that uh, Jake mm-hmm, brought mm-hmm. up, I know that you are more sold on Jaron Jackson as a defender in the next level in the right. NBA. Do you think that they should go Jaron Jackson if they're going to go defensively? Why Why would you say Jackson over Bamba in, in the case of the Atlanta Hawks? I think purely because Jackson has the ability to truly stretch the floor. I know Bamba has worked on it, and his shot is coming along, and I don't think it's something that he's going to have. A, like It's something he can definitely develop at the next level. But right now, Jaron Jackson Jr. has everything he needs to transition to the NBA and be that uh, stretch four, stretch five. He has a great rim presence, great um, ability to block the ball, like just active hands around the rim. And he doesn't have the size that Bamba does. But if you look at the stats, if you look at his um, play style, he definitely has a knack for knowing when to go after it. The problem with ba- the problem against Jackson that I could see where Bamba comes in better is the physicals. Like, Bamba has wingspan, and Bamba doesn't get in foul trouble the way Jaron Jackson Jr. does. Like, you always look at the... If you look purely just stat-wise, there's a reason why minutes-wise, Jaron Jackson Jr. has fairly limited minutes. Mm -hmm. It's not purely just because Michigan State likes to, you know, do units, do quick sub-outs, and have those groups go together. It's because he can't stay on the floor for long periods of time because of his foul troubles. Michigan State is a better team, though. They do have much depth, where t- Texas was pretty much Mo Bamba, right. the Mo Bamba show for yeah. most, most likely that whole season, where you had Nick Ward, you had uh, Xavier as well coming off the bench for Michigan State. Um, Jake, looking at this, I'm big into just going with stars. I'm, I'm big into, you know, you brought up defense, and we see that with Buttonholzer before. We saw that with Horford and Millsap getting those two guys down low that were great defensively. Jeff Teague as well. Um, obviously not Kyle Corver, but he brought something to that team. 
Um, looking at this, though, I'm big into stars, and if you're rebuilding, you need that star. And looking at that fourth slot, we saw Michael Porter slip a little bit. We see some people in the comments calling me out saying that he's not going to be a star. What is your stance on, on Michael Porter Jr.? Do you think he's going to be a star at the next level? I think he could be a star. I don't want to judge him because I don't judge a guy off coming off of probably his biggest injury of his life playing two two games, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I don't want to judge him too much off of that, but I'm more so to Mo Bamba, and, I, and as, as I said, I like to build around defense, so I think Mo Bamba would be the better pick for them. But I think Porter will be, I don't know if a star, but I think he'll be a formidable player in the NBA. Did you When you were watching him and, and looking, at, looking at him play, we were saying that he looked more like a four out there. Do you think that he's going to be more of a four than a three than what he was originally projected to be? I could see that. It depends on what team he falls to as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to be interesting, too, because they do have John Collins there, and John Collins most likely isn't going to get moved. So he's, that, he's a guy that there at the, you know, the, the four right now that he could still be around there for the Atlanta Hawks. So it's going to be interesting. I think if they're going to go with a player and, and they're going to go around defensively, I would probably think it'd be Mo Bamba just because he's more of a natural five, and Jackson is more of a natural four. Um, obviously, he can grow into a five as well, but mm-hmm. at least you know, mm-hmm. looking at this, the, the typical structure, it would probably be Bamba at that five. Um, and, and going away from you know the bigs and def- defense, Ricky, you brought up Trey Young. Mm-hmm. What are we thinking about Trey Young right now? Because I mean, we saw that he you know late in the season started to struggle a lot, but again, his usage has been something unheard of. This guy has been you know putting so much pressure on you know at Oklahoma. I mean, this kid has the potential to be a star, but also he's six two and he's going to be a point guard in the NBA. There's a lot of physical guards in the NBA. Well, and the thing that's interesting about the Hawks in general when it comes to Trey Young, kind of bringing the two and merging them together is the Hawks have two other picks in this first round. They got right now the 19th and then the 30th overall. Yeah, I know there was a comment like, oh, they could trade up, but what if they keep those and hit on those two picks where we have seen guys go later in the first, go early in the second, and they turn out to be great players, good players for their teams. I think if they go Trey Young with their first pick, I would go and try to hit on those two other picks because the thing with Trey Young that I think is – I hate when people go, oh, he's not going to do anything at the next level. No, he's going to do something. He just needs the right team in the right situation where it's like if I always – I don't want to compare him like, oh, to Steph Curry, but Steph Curry in a way where if Curry didn't have Klay Thompson, if Curry didn't have Draymond Green, he's a completely different player out there and he's not winning championships like Golden State is. That's what Trey Young is. He's not going to be able to do it all himself. He's going to need a team around him. But he can be a great facilitator for any team he goes to. Yeah, I think that's entirely fair to bring up. And honestly, the the one concern is, you know, Trey Young is like Sean said that unprecedented usage level. Like that going to the Hawks team, do you think that that could be a concern? Because you know him on a very young team mm-hmm. with a very team centric coach, like could that be a problem? Or do you think that that's like the perfect match for him? Well, I think that would probably be the perfect match for him because he's going to be able to be put into an NBA team setting where he's going to understand, but also we're going to see how comfortable he is, and he can get comfortable early. And then if he's not comfortable, then he can fall back on that team. And we have they have Torian Prince, they have John Collins. I mean, there's players still out there that can help him, but he's still a guy that can take over a game. And if he's able to build his confidence early and he's able to at least show what he's got early on, I think that might be best for a player like Trey Young. Um, and, and Jake, we're going to go to you since you're a resident uh, take commander, at least uh, you know process fan. Um, you've seen bad basketball 
over the past couple of years with the with the Philadelphia 76ers. TGP. You've well, seen, you know, well, hey, I'm, I'm, hey, you guys are making the playoffs <laughs> this year, so I, it's not bringing up super sore wounds. You, know, you, guys, knew it, you guys knew what was going on. <laughs> um, but looking at it right now and, and looking at Trey Young and just thinking about players putting into you know that situation where there's not a huge team around them and the pressure that might be on them, do you think that Trey Young, looking at what he's done so far throughout his college career, could thrive in a situation where he's not going to have that team around him like you know your Sixers didn't have a couple years ago? Well, to keep it PG, I freaking love Trey Young. I think he is going to be a stud in the NBA. I think that the reason he's fallen a little bit in mock drafts is because people are looking at the tournament he got out in the first round. But I think I tweeted this a couple of days ago, but that whole narrative of if you get knocked out in the first round or your team doesn't make the tournament, it does not mean anything. Ben Simmons is going to win Rookie of the Year this year, and he is by far the best rookie, and his team didn't even play in the tournament, didn't even play in the NIT. I think Trey Young needs the right pieces around him because I feel like you could see at the end of the year in Oklahoma his confidence was low. He was taking – okay, I don't want to say low, but his shots were not looking the same as they were in the beginning of the year because he was – I think I heard someone they had 457 assists and he had 293 of them, and he was their leading scorer. I think – I would say the perfect landing spot for him would be Cleveland if LeBron would come back, but LeBron isn't going to come back. I think he needs the right people around him to be able to thrive. I don't think he could uh, thrive with a team like the Hawks, but that's just... Well, and one thing I do want to throw out there, you're saying that LeBron's not coming back because he's going to be a Philadelphia 76er. Yes, correct. Okay, just want to make <laughs> sure. clarify for the fans. Well, exactly, because you know YouTube fans like to jump down our throats, so if we're, at least we're clear with our bias, people are going to respect it. Um, but thinking about what Jake just said, being a big fan of Trey Young out here, mm-hmm. thinking about you know having a team around him, do you think the Atlanta Hawks could be a place that he could thrive, Ricky, as you're yes, also the I do. Trey Young bandwagoner? The reason the why I say <laughs> he could thrive is, like I said, they do have the other picks. Either if they use those two picks— or trade up and get somebody, let's say, in the top 15. If they use those two picks to trade up and move up, they get someone else. But you look at, I'm going to use the Warriors as the no cliche needed, or the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say gold standard, but that's like a pun. Is that what I'm looking for? Golden State Warriors, gold standard. I'll gold take standard. it. Um, using them as the example, it wasn't like, oh, we got Steph Clay and Draymond in one year. It was no. We got Steph, then two mm-hmm. years later, all right, we drafted Clay, all right, then a year later, we drafted Draymond. Just because you're taking Trey Young in this draft doesn't mean you will have a complete team day one for him. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that, and it's a lot of these draft picks. I'm going to draft you. You're not going to come in day one and be our savior. You're going to have to develop in the league. And I think he's going to. He could work in Atlanta, but it then depends all right, what's the draft plan to build around Trey Young and give him the pieces to where we don't have an Oklahoma situation? Well, let's build off that. Let's let's first end it with uh, who they're going to take with that mm-hmm. fourth overall pick as they're slotted right now with the fourth overall pick. Obviously, it's not going to be for sure that they're going to be taking the fourth overall pick. But mm-hmm. right now, let's just you know play with Tankathon and say they're going to mm-hmm. be the fourth overall pick. Jake, Atlanta Hawks on the clock at number four. Uh, we'll say Doncic, Ayton, and uh, somebody else are off the board. <laughs> who the Hawks going with? <laughs> Uh, they're going with Muhammad Bamba. Okay, so you're, you're going to go build around defense, so keep that in mind when we're talking about the 19th and 30th pick. Ricky, who are they going with it for? You know what? Originally, I was going to say either a Triple J or a Bagley, but the more I've heard Jake talk about Mo Bamba, I'm going to agree and say Mo Bamba there at four. Mm. And the reason why is 
I've had this thought. I had this thought earlier on a primetime podcast, and someone in the comment section was like, "What are you talking about? There's no way he's like this player right now." But I look at Mo Bamba and like what he could be, mm-hmm. and everything I see with defense. If he adds that three, if he adds the body, I just see Anthony Davis. Like that's what I see—a guy who can dominate this game, like we're seeing with the Pelicans. However, you need a full team. Because I see that, that would be BPA for me, and I go with Mo Bamba. That's a high comparison right there. Yeah. Dave, you had Mo Bamba outside of your top 10 in the 2.0. Yeah, that's because I don't believe defensive centers will win you anything. Okay, so with your fourth overall pick, are you going Mo Bamba? Uh, I know I'm going Bagley, actually. You know, I'm kind of splitting I'm splitting this one because, honestly, I think he the high motor, the intensity, um, the ability to dominate inside all comes in handy. I think they're because they signed that deal with Schroeder to get him there for a couple more years – I think you play it out. I think Schroeder's an above-average uh, uh, point guard in the league. Mm-hmm. I know his shot has been developing this year, especially because all of the pressure on him being like the only veteran on that team uh, left. But I think that Bagley would be a great fit to add to this team. And he's locked down for three more years. Yeah, Schroeder is. And if I'm going fourth overall pick, I'm saying Luca and Aiden are off the board at three. I don't know what the hell the Orlando Magic are going to do. Apparently, Jake just sent me this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They're looking to fire Frank Vogel. So that's going to be a they're shake taking, up there. It's hey, the Magic. Oh, they're, not, they're not letting Trey Young slip. They're I would say thank you. Thank you, Jake. You're a believer. All right, so it's either Trey Young there. Um, so that if Trey Young does go there, then at four. I, if I'm the Hawks, again, I'm looking for a star to build around. So yeah. I'm PJ. I'm going Michael Porter. Yeah. Yep. Again, I know people don't Preach. believe him. I know the, the one kid from Mizzou, I keep forgetting his name, keeps calling me an idiot saying that he's watched <laughs> him this whole year. And hey, it's his opinion. He's, he's totally worth having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my opinion is that this kid can develop into a star. You're seeing a 70% Michael Porter Jr. He has the mentality of a star. He's calling for the ball late in games, even when he's not healthy. You know, people say that's going to be hurting your team, but that's what I want out there. I want a guy with that mindset. I want a guy who wants the ball in his hand and be that star. If I'm building a franchise, I'm going to take Michael Porter Jr. He's got the athleticism. Uh, when healthy, he's, he's, mm-hmm. he can be an absolute star. He's got the length. You could put him next to John Collins. Also, Dennis Schroeder can facilitate to him. Torrey Waller, Waller-Prince on the outside. A lengthy, decent scorer. I really like that at least you know four guys right there. If Schroeder doesn't stay for that, that whole length of the contract, you still have, you know again, Michael Porter Jr. to fall back on. But let's talk about the other picks. Really quick, I want to hot take it here. What if, though, he becomes like a Ben Simmons where it's like we draft him, red shirts that first year, and they get a prime pick and get Zion Williamson next year? I don't know if they need to uh, red shirt him. That's a special. I was say I don't, I don't know if they need to redshirt well, him this you know year I mean. because they're gonna suck again next year. Yeah, but like you so, know what yep. I mean, where it's like we're not gonna even we're not gonna <laughs> yep. force you into an injury. You're gonna take this year and get your back right. Well, hold on, so if that we can draft. He's somebody. already playing. The thing is, is that he's That's healthy. That's a sixer special. All right, nobody else. Does <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys Only copyrighted on. that along with TTP? Yeah, you see Marco Fultz right now. Straightest plan. Oh man, and and that was one thing too. I was thinking about this in the car. Markel Fultz. No one said that he was gonna be a bust. No one said that like last year. Like we were being called. Hold on, I'm not saying. Yeah. No bus, but I'm just saying, like, like no, everyone was saying that he's a for sure thing, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen what he can fully do, yeah. and like that's something he's that, like, sure and then we were, and we were talking with you know about Jalen Brown a couple years ago, saying that he was going to be a bus. Now he's probably the best player right now out of that draft, one of the best players out of that draft class because I, I don't want to slight But I'm just saying, like, again, we don't know what these guys are going to be. We can yeah. see what they're going to happen, but I, I, again, looking at what Michael Porter has, the skill set that I've seen him have. I think that he's going to be a star in the, mm-hmm. this league, so that's why I would say no, I go with Atlanta there. I could see it uh, at four. But let's move now to nineteen and thirty. Uh, they have the Minnesota pick at nineteen and the, the uh, Rockets pick at thirty. The talk is, and Ricky's brought this up a couple times: should they trade up, Jake? If you're going to build a team around defense, you're going to build a team around uh, your your pick in Mo Bamba. 
Do you think you need to trade up, or would you rather have two young players that you can possibly put into that defensive lineup you're trying to build? Well, if you can trade up, it depends who you're willing to trade up, because um, I think Mikael Bridges from, did that he say his name? I can never say his Mikhail. name. Mikael. Mikael. Mikael, that one, yeah. <laughs> from Villanova. I think he is also kind of the prototype 3 and D player that you look at in the NBA today. So, I mean, if you could trade up, but he's going to go probably anywhere between 8 and 12, would be my guess. Okay. Um, I think he's the prototype 3 and D player. He's the guy I want the Sixers to get really bad, but <laughs> probably won't. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, I think if you could, you trade up, but it depends how far you could trade up. Let's say, like, you look at a team, I don't know, uh, let's say L.A. Clippers, since they have two picks, maybe they want to move back at. and try to get some, some, some more assets. Let's say they get to that, like, 12 or 13 spot, so that puts them in the range of last last uh, last podcast, I think we had Shea Gilgis Alexander around there, mm-hmm. we had Wendell Carter Jr. around there, Kevin Knox fell around there. Um, those are the type of players. Do you think it's worth it to go up there, or would you think you know just having those assets of those two players would be more worth it? I think if you could get up and get one of the bridges, that'd be okay. the best. But if you can't get one of them, I don't really think Kevin Knox is worth trading up that high. That's fair, Ricky. You've been bringing up the trade up thing. Are you, are you, you going to do it? Are you going to pull the trigger? The thing, the team, the first thing I thought of was mm-hmm. who would they trade up with? Because like the Clippers, mm-hmm. you mentioned them. I think them and the Suns. It's going to come down to, to me. There'll be three teams, Clippers, Suns, and Hawks. It's like, all right, which one of those teams is moving up because they've got the double pick? Mm-hmm. More likely, it's probably going to be either the Hawks or the Suns. I don't know if anyone really high from the Clippers are going to be like, yeah, I'll take your two picks to give you maybe a top five, top six pick. But the pick I look at is the Hornets. And the reason why is if the Hawks already know we're not going to compete next year and we're going to be bad, if you really like a guy at 11, let's say – a Gilgis Alexander, let's say if Kevin Knox is still there, let's say if Colin Sexton is still on the board. If you really like a guy at 11, why not say, hey, we're going to be bad next year, let's trade these next two picks, get the guy that we like, and the only bad thing is we might have to take on a contract or two that the Hornets want to dump off. Mm-hmm. And it would basically be you're letting us get the 11th pick and we're taking some contracts that you don't want and you don't want to have on your team salary. Yeah, I mean, that's probably going to be the most likely thing, is you're going to take a Nick Batum, you're going to take a Marvin Williams, mm-hmm. uh, a player like that, and try to get him off the hands of Charlotte. I think that would be a nice move for Charlotte, but then again, we talked about Colin Sexton probably falling in there. Uh, he Dave. could, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, it, it's going to be tough to find a, a for-sure suitor, but I'm in the mindset of keep those two picks, at 19 and 30, and get players that will fit into your team. We saw last year that uh, Josh Hart went late in the first round. We've seen uh, Malcolm Brogdon go late in the first round. You know, a guy that fits that mold right now, Javon Carter, he can be a backup uh, point guard for you at that 30 spot. And then at 19, we see these guys like Anthony Simmons, Mitchell Robinson, these young high school players that are coming out early and saying, like, I'm going to try to be an NBA player. They're still young. You can mold them into the system that you want. I'm more of the, the idea of, Try to hit on the potential at nineteen thirty, maybe even a Hamadou Diallo mm-hmm. at thirty. Are you in the same boat as as that, or are you thinking trade up too? You are reading my mind as far as right now. This team needs players. They need bodies in there. They don't need to trade up for a second swing at you know a guy in the top ten talent because you're already going to get a top five pick probably. We'll see how the the ping pong balls roll for them. But I think right now, if you can add two more picks in that first round. You go for it, and that second round pick is thirty three. So, like again, you are not far off of having three picks in the f- three picks right in that grouping. Mm-hmm. It's very nice, and I think you could get a lot of guys. Like you said, there are veteran players in the NCAA who would be an instant asset to this team who could get on the court, play serious minutes for them, 
and look pretty well. And on the other hand, like you said, Anthony Simmons is the guy that I'm looking at mm-hmm. with that 19th pick. I, I've heard rumors going up and down if he's going to sneak into late lottery, and the other people are like, no, he's probably like 25 range. So I think that's prime range at 19 right now. If you could get a player like him who you can develop, who you can build muscle, get him smarter, get him bigger, he is a guy who could develop really well into the NBA. You know what I'm thinking? What's the more and more I look at what players could be around for these next two picks, mm-hmm. I kind of think that Trey Young wouldn't be a bad pick with the one we talked about earlier because looking at who could be there, yeah, if you go with a big, you can go with like a Lonnie Walker and then later on maybe like a Jalen Brunson or a Devontae Graham for point guard. Or you can say, hey, we're going to take Trey Young. Then at 19, Mitchell Robinson's there. There's our big. And then at 30, this is the one that might need a little bit of luck. Or you can take 30 and 33 to try to trade above someone and take a Kyrie Thomas. There's your defense. You have your point guard in Trey Young, and you have a big, mm-hmm. young big in Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I, I'm just more going going the asset of getting two players. And if I'm going Michael Porter Jr. at four, then I'm looking at that 19 spot. I want a, a guard at some point, either yeah. one or two. A guy that we talked about, Anthony Simmons, a combo guard at 19. Again, if you think that you need to move up, you still have that 33 pick to move up, get the 19 and 33, and move up You know where Denver is and possibly jump on mm-hmm. a couple teams. Like That could be a team. And then at 30... I want a veteran, so I'm going to look at Javon Carter. I'm looking at Grayson Allen. I'm looking at Jalen Brunson. I think those are the players that really stick out in my mind that could possibly help this Atlanta Hawks team. Jake, are there any players that just in this whole, you know, back half of the lottery or, you know, outside of the lottery, are there any players that are really catching your eyes? I know you mentioned Mikael Bridges, uh, Trey Young. You're really liking those guys. Are there any guys deep, like that 15 to 30 range, that you're really digging and that you think might fit for the Hawks? I like, uh, I like Gary Trent Jr. out of Duke. Think he's a good prospect, a little bit six six guard. He can he can play defense. He can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. I I don't like Grayson Allen. I don't like him at all. <laughs> Do you like he's his out play? There in the competition, remove no. the name from him. You, Do you don't like, like his. You play? don't like his trips and his hip checks, man. He's that, gonna play final call to game tonight. So I mean, it's, oh, I, we'll see. Probably not, but <laughs> uh, I I think again going by defense, I think he brings good three and D defense, and I don't think. They need to reach for a guard with their first pick. I think Dennis Schroeder is fine, but if they really wanted to reach for a guard with that 30 or 33 pick, Tony Carr out of Penn State is a pure scoring guard. I like him a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I think Gary Trent Jr. And I think even if, even if you want to pick a guard with the 19 pick, I think Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Duvall would be a nice pick. Interesting. I'm not he- totally sold on Simmons. Trayvon Duvall, can you give us your thoughts on him? Because he's somebody who's kind of slid down our board uh, as the season's progressed. We were mm-hmm. really high on him early in the season. He fell out. He fell out. Yeah. Can yeah. you give us a... I think, yeah. I think he's a very raw prospect, and I think he's another... Um, he's, he's kind of fallen victim to the fact that he's their like fifth option on offense because he's playing with three, two, two lottery picks and Grayson Allen, who's a fourth-year fourth senior. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just kind of fallen down because he's playing his role with the team. But I think, again, he, even in, as the fourth or fifth option, he's still putting up 10 points per game. He's still getting his six assists. He's playing pretty efficiently. I mean, I like him, but I don't think he's a stud, but he could easily be a bench scorer. Well, and that's one. The NBA. That's one thing when I look at him too is is you you think of look at him as a fifth option. You're like you see the numbers he's putting up, then you're questioning is it because of the four other players around him in in Trent Jr., Grayson Allen, uh, Wendell Carter, and Bagley. Uh, that's why I'm I'm thinking and looking at Trayvon Duvall. You know, 
maybe if he comes out, if he doesn't come out, maybe you know if he tests the combine and then comes back and he doesn't like a spot, he might be a player that hey, if he comes back and you know with Zion Williamson, uh, R.J. Barrett, uh, I can't think of the other guy right now, uh, but they, they he pairs up and hey, starting, yeah, thank you. Uh, they stay stay up in uh, in that lineup, and he's he's like their their leader at least uh, offensively, just being a sophomore because mm-hmm. I mean, there's gonna be three uh, freshmen in that in that lineup. I think he could possibly be a guy that yeah, puts himself in the lottery next year, but at least improves his draft stock where maybe he's a 17th uh, you know, pick or maybe he's, he's, he's nearing in on that lottery just because he's going to have the ability to shine a little bit more. And he's still going to have decent players around him because he's got the top three, uh, yeah, top three <laughs> prospects coming out, of, uh, coming out of high school. But on the flip side of that, he could Grayson Allen, where last year I think you and I, had, I want to say the Clippers, whatever pick they had, yeah. like 20-something we had him. Um, and now this year, it's because of all the talent they have, he's what, second rounder, late first, depending on what mock draft I think, you look at. I think mm-hmm. that's more attached Still to his 20. name. Like, he's not going to, purely because of his name is reputation, a, there's no way he can B. get higher than what he yeah. is. Uh, see, for me, like, what I see in Trayvon Duval is he looks like Alfred Payton with a better wingspan and better body, mm-hmm. like, and less stupid hair, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's my concern. <laughs> you can like, actually I, see through that. I think hair. that's the whole thing is when you look at these bottom picks, you have to set your expectations right. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to swing for a home run? Are you trying to fill out that bench, build out that roster deeper? Like, are you going for the uh, Raptor style where they're like, we're going to make this a deep roster and we're going to be competitive all the game, like every single game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this Hawks team can do. They can go out and get guys who – they're going to get at a pretty big discount late in this draft because they're not necessarily going to have that star power, you know, potential to them, but they're going to be excellent role players and be able to fill the needs for this Hawks team. Jake, we do this on every single podcast. Final thoughts about the Atlanta Hawks draft. They're still going to suck next year. <laughs> Fair <Wow>. enough. <laughs> no matter what they do. <laughs> right, I mean, you... they have, they have, they have, oh, sorry. Yeah, you're good. You know, what are you saying? I would say they have a ton of options. They they are full. They are one of the only teams that are in a full. They have literally probably zero building pieces. You might be able to say Dennis Schroeder, John Collins, but neither of them are going to be stars. So they could go anywhere with us. Mm-hmm. Ricky, final They're blocks. a team that's got a, their building block has to be taken at four. Whoever you're taking, that's who we're building around. That's who has to be right now. It's their fourth overall pick, David. I think, yeah, it's pretty much blank canvas plus Schroeder. Uh, and that one, the problem is, even if you, you might not get top value when you try to ship them out because there's so many good point guards in this league. So I think, you, you like Ricky said, building block plus and just go to town and free agency. you got money to blow. And my final thoughts is exactly what Ricky said. If you're going to go with four, got to get a building block of your franchise, and that's why I'm going Michael Porter Jr. just because of the star talent. Uh, but anyways, Jake, we want to thank you for being on. That's going to wrap up the podcast. If you want to be like Jake. one quick uh, question. Jesus, I said wrap it up. And this is <laughs> this, this has nothing to do with the Hawks. I just want to ask this in giraffe right. kind of talk, oh, and God. I wonder what Jake thinks. Listening today to different podcasts, there's people that think this is a tinfoil hat, mm-hmm. that the league Name is going to say that I can't remember which one, okay. mm-hmm. um, that basically let's say Memphis. Because they've been tanking, hey, you know what? We're going to rig the lottery to where you don't get the number one pick. Well, I mean, it, is it possible that the NBA does that? Like, do you think knows? the NBA would really do that and say, like, well, you've been tanking, yeah. you don't get the if number one pick? If you tinfoil hard enough, I'm sure there's there's reason to believe this stuff. All I know is the Kings aren't going to get one, the Suns aren't going to get one, the Bulls just because aren't. that's a proven thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to worry about those two. The other teams, I think it's <laughs> up in the air. Well, and then also if they if they are rigging it or whatever, mm-hmm. that could give the Bulls a pick. Because, yeah, because they've already yelled at us. Because they are yelled publicly. Oh, um, they're not going to give it to Memphis because no one wants to play in Memphis. They'll just um, give it to the Sixers. 
Yeah, it'd probably be the Sixers. What again. we we had the number one pick. We never had the number one pick. <laughs> it would either never. be. It would either be oh the, wait, that's right. Because if they give it, Simmons, no wait, it's right. a yeah, Timothy Simmons, Simmons. Yeah. GT. I was, I was gonna say if they give you the number one pick, it goes to Boston. But that's if it's a two or a three. Yeah, yeah number one, still six. Two through, two through five. Yeah. <laughs> or or it'd probably just be Brooklyn and just give LeBron a, a nice new toy to play with. Uh, but anyways, that's gonna wrap up the podcast. If you want to be like Jake, uh, hit up Patreon.com/slash Mostly Podcast. We want to thank. Jake, for his support and jumping on, talking about the Atlanta Hawks. And, Jake, I do want to extend our best wishes from the Most Valuable Podcast family to your 76ers when they make the playoffs. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You don't think they will? I'm I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Magic number's one. Not to jinx it. All right. (laughs) Magic number's one? Magic number's one. Oh man, that's that's close. We'll see if that. (laughs) We'll see if they blow and choke the lead. Maybe maybe they'll redshirt the the whole team. What's that? They're not the Bulls. Hey, Bulls made it in the playoffs last year. Yeah. You're right. So, <laughs> I, I predicted that. I remember that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> that was the tinfoil. But anyways, if you want to be like Jake, head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Also, check out mostwayopodcast.com. If you want to check out our store, uh, we also are revamping with new logos. Check out that MVP hype trailer. That's going to be dropping right. on Monday, March 26th. Might even be already out. Um, and also, final thing is rate us five stars on iTunes, Fast Break Podcast, The Onside Kick, The Primetime Podcast, and the Rick and Johnny Podcast, as well as The Outcast. And mm-hmm. also, Check out the Outcast, the new podcast with MVP Buzzweed and Juice Man. Juice Man? Uh, Juice Man. Uh, over there. Juice. Um, <laughs> at the Outcast. But anyways, for Dave Oster, for Ricky Wimmer, for Jake, the the GOAT patron. I'm going to say it. In my, in my humble opinion. I'm not, gonna, I'm not playing favorites Was he here, the OG? But he's the, well, he's the only one that comes on our podcast. So Fair enough. He's, <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right. So he's the, he's the only one that matters. Uh, and I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you Damn right. next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.